This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Judine Somerville, and we talk about it all, from celestial choreography to being still and knowing to your attitude determining your altitude and so much more. Judine is a wealth of knowledge and information for your life. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did having the conversation with Judine Somerville. Keep on keeping on. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Judine Somerville. Judine, thank you for joining me today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I love it. Zoom universe, I call it. Yes. <laughs> Are you Exactly, right? I, I feel like uh, we're all averaging like 10 to 15 of these a week or more. If you want to stay in the game, you better. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I want to I want to just take it let's just go back to the beginning of time for Judine. Growing okay. growing up, what were your theater dreams? Theater dream number 1, Broadway. And I would watch the Tony Awards, the Grammys, the Oscars, and at that time, there were big opening numbers, and I would just be bawling in the kitchen going, oh, my God, Mommy, I have to be there. There was something about the lights, the, uh, the stage, and the, the story that was told through movement that really kind of captivated me. Do you, so that Do you remember that specific moment? What were you, who was on TV? Do you, was there one number, one moment you turned on the television? It was very... Does anything come to mind? Oh, two things come to mind. Yes, there was the television moment, but the real deal was my best friend's mother. Helene Worrell was my best friend. Her mom, Sister Vita, lived across the street. I grew up in the projects in NYCHA. NYCHA's getting a lot of, well, I wouldn't say buzz. It's not buzz. It's just a lot of love. Yeah. Okay. Uh, New York Housing Authority. That's where I grew up in Bed-Stuy. So her mother lived across the street taught at the church, and she took us to see Alvin Ailey at City Center. I was 12 years old. The rest is history. After that performance, I left City Center saying, I am going to be a professional dancer, period. I was 12. Now, at that moment, had you taken any lessons? Oh, yes. So I was in dance class probably at around 6, 7, at the Omi, at the Asambi on Milaye Dance Culture Workshop, which was a couple of blocks away from where I lived. And there was also a gentleman in my building. His name was Sonny. I don't even remember how old Sonny was, but Sonny <laughs> was older than us. And he had a talent show that we would all perform in at different schools around the area. So we had a lot of like talented people that were, right. were growing the culture, so to speak, in the hood, depending on how you connected, would inevitably let you know where you would be in life. I can say that now after seeing friends on Facebook and things. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I have a lot of questions about that. Before we get to that, what did your parents teach you about work ethic growing up? I, my dad wasn't around a lot. So my dad worked at this amazing restaurant called 
Lundy Brothers in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, as a waiter, which is still there, by the way. Mm. And he was an alcoholic, I learned later. So thus why, why he wasn't with us, why when he said he would come to visit, it would be hours later, or sometimes he wouldn't come, but I know that he loved me. So now I'm this grown woman with children. I realize that now when your parents don't have it together, they're not able to come through for you as they could. It's their situation that they're going through. Right. So, um, uh, what was your question? What was I? What, work ethic. Work ethic. Work ethic. How could I forget that? Oh, so yeah. my, <laughs> my dad worked all the time. Yeah. And my mom worked at a daycare center, um, in the kitchen cooking food for the kids. Yeah. So I realized that you had to get up, go to work and do what it was to pay bills. But more importantly, somehow through those situations, I had an amazing grandmother who was amazing and three older brothers who hustled and worked. So through osmosis and through actually seeing it, I saw that that was one of the components <laughs> to success right. and being active and happy in the world. And if you didn't do that, I also saw what happened. Yeah. Yeah. My community, you know, and things yeah. like that. So I saw it before me. And the other thing I love to work. Mm. I love to work. <laughs> and thank God in those early years, my mother and grandmother and brother's supported me in the in the performing arts like i was in the school play every time i was there they were always there we went to dinner we had flowers you know i remember like i was about to go on a ship and do a gig i guess i must have been about maybe i don't know 17 18 i don't remember but my mother took us to this amazing restaurant in brooklyn and then um i got a louis vuitton bag as a gift you know, my mother, oh, Edith Hawkins, honey, she was ahead of the game and ahead of the curve, honey. Oh, yeah. She's in the urn at my brother's house. Okay, she's in the urn at my brother's house. Yeah. She passed away about 20-something 20 20, 20 years. Okay. She would have been 92 January 19th last week. Yeah. And when I tell you, Clayton, she gives me messages from above and the choreography from above. I mean, I miss her dearly, but honey, there's a lot of things going on and sprinkling down. Hold on, hold on. We got it. We can't we can't skim over this one. We have to talk about this. What are these messages? What is this energy that you receive? Because I believe in this. Messages is that you're never alone. Mm. Remember all that I taught you and the way that I taught you. Three, be kind to people. Uh, my mother used to say to us, there by the grace of God go I. Mm. Don't judge people. You, you see somebody who's a, uh, who's an addict, don't say, oh, despicable. You see somebody who's a call girl, don't say, all oh, trashy. You don't know the circumstances in which they were put in to have to do that. My brother died from uh, AIDS. Mm. My brother died of AIDS at 50, okay? Yeah. That was like 27 years ago. And um, he was a heroin drug user. And I talked to my two older brothers now about his journey. How did that happen? Cause you know, my grandmother was amazing. Uh, they, we have separate dads, but their dad 
was not around so much. And I, I just see how, you know, these things happen. Do you know what I mean? So these yeah. messages, you know, um, I, I understand about incarceration. I understand alcoholism. I understand drug abuse. You know, some people go, how can it happen? When you start really looking at the collateral damage from this pandemic, honey, we have not even touched the surface, especially with the young kids coming up. You know what I mean? Like mental wellness is key. And that's where the performing arts comes in. You think we need a vaccine, a vaccine for COVID? We, the arts is the vaccine for mental wellness. When you hear these people going off on a monologue with 20 bags surrounded in a, in a shopping cart, looking disheveled and, and just feeling, when I listen sometimes, and it is about a situation that they didn't have control over, a situation that somebody did them wrong, a situation where they felt they couldn't get out, a situation where they felt that they couldn't talk to somebody else, do that 10, 20 times, compounded by people that understand you. Mm. And that's what we're going through now. Yeah. I mean, even with, um, uh, I called him Hitler 45 is what I did call him. And for really good reasons. I mean, when you look at history and you see what he tried to do and in some ways was successful in doing, yeah detriment of our democracy into the detriment of humankind yeah there's a mental illness there the way you're brought up the 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 i i love that you ask you know what were the messages that you got yeah that's a what were the messages that you got at four and five because those messages if they weren't clear good or bad you're gonna depending on your trajectory you're going to find yourself in a place where you're not going to be able to navigate. So I'm blessed. I, I hear most of the message. Sometimes I hit and miss, you know, <laughs> no one's perfect. No. Yeah. And I'm, not, and I'm not going for perfection, honey. Perfection is overrated. I don't care what they say, you know, um, this thing with, you know, looking perfect on a cover of a magazine or looking perfect on these zoom calls. I don't even want to hear it. Huh. life's too short be who you are be you kelly ripper said it to carrie anaba you know the talk yeah a carrie anaba who has like 50 jobs honey she's fierce honey she's on 50 things honey <laughs> choreographer she's on dancing with the stars she's on the talk and uh kelly came in for her birthday and she said just be yourself just be yourself and that's enough as Elaine Welterworth, who is the, 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 I wouldn't say newbie, honey. She's not new to anything. <laughs> Amazing. Repping fabulously, looking great and knowing her stuff. Yeah. You know? So you're able to be who you are in the room and celebrate that. Celebrate that. That's important. I, I think, Very that, important. you know, it's real. And so, and we, most of us, well, I wouldn't say most of us, but depending on how you grew up in the world, you 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 come to the table with that, you come to the room with that, or you're asking, am I good enough? Was that okay? Am I good enough? We're teaching our son, uh-uh, no. 
do the work. We are instilling in you daily to be your best. If you make a mistake, own up to it. Yeah. Lying is not going to help you. And I'm not going to help you. Yeah. And your father's not going to help you. We're not going to, we're not going to, you know, cover the lie. We're not. Yeah. That's what Donald Trump's parents did and people who are around him in a plethora of ways. That's why he kept doing that because for Donald Trump, that was normal. So if you grow up in that, this is what you become. I mean, I feel like I can um, teach a course, honey, and um, called uh, the lessons learned from Donald Trump simply, and not to not to bastardize him or, you know, I used to say, boy, I could take an ice pick and stab his big toe. That <laughs> is. Not anything else, but his right. big time. That's right. how I thought. But you learn. I think if you're yeah. smart, we've learned a lot. Yeah, if you're listening. Yeah. And if you're listening. Yeah. Listening and, and smart. Or maybe just listening. Just yeah. listening. <laughs> uh, yeah. Intuition and Whoop. gut instinct. Seeing signs and hearing signs or ignoring signs. Any stories or anything that comes to mind on that? Intuition. I'm walking down the street. Something says turn left. I turn left. Something says don't go in that store. I don't go. And whenever I do not listen to that, something left happens. Yeah. I can tell you that. That I can tell you. How have you gotten better at hearing that? that. Would you say? How do you, how have you gotten better at hearing that and listening to that? And um, just because there's so much kaflama. That is my friend, Julian Thorne. That's his word. Kaflama in the world. And usually in my life, thank God, I'm a knock on wood, plastic, something. <laughs> that that um, I don't have a lot of that in my life. And when I did have it, I was able to clear it out. I was able to go to the spaces, to the systems that enabled me to clear it out so I can get to one. So I can get back to the beginning. So I can get to the start. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. that has, has led me to lean in to that intuition. Yeah. And, and it, nev it never leaves you, leads you astray. It really doesn't. And it opens up usually something else that you may have needed to learn, should have gotten a message. You know how you look for something and you find something else in the house? Oh, I didn't know I had this. Oh, my gosh, where is this thing? It's like that, which is <laughs> like, it's, it's a gift. I love that analogy. Looking for something in the house, you find something else. You're like, oh, I that. Look at this. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I love that. I, I was reading I, on something I read from your website and mm -hmm. it was see it, believe it, achieve it. Yes. So simple, yet so difficult for some. Ooh, yes. Again. Clay, if you have not been brought up to trust your instinct, trust who you are. And as a woman of color, I've always been supported by great institutions. First of all, my family, okay? And even though my dad was not around, my mother and brothers and grandmother got around me. So I felt loved, you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't at the at the window going, where's daddy? You know, is he does he love us? I wasn't that kid. My you know, your parents make it right for you. And yes. as my grandma would say, 
children should deal with children's situations, not adult situations. You know, we have food on the table, you know, and the church. I am still a member and attend the same church I grew up in as a six-year-old. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I live. Can I tell you I live for that? That's how I learned how to sing. Yeah. That's how I learned how to um, say recitations. Is that the correct word? Recitations for Easter and Christmas. You had to get up in front of the church and memorize. And even if you made the mistake, the saints were like, that's okay, honey. Keep on. Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, they just keep you going and you find them. Yeah. Yeah. Finish. After you didn't do anything. I mean, so I grew, I had those systems. I attended the high school of performing arts. Only a couple get in that door, honey. <laughs> and in 1980, I, 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 I graduated from a, uh, a gifted in town to school in Bed-Stuy. And these women were determined to make sure that we got into Stuyvesant, Bronx High School of Science, or the High School of Performing Arts, or Brooklyn Tech, those four, any of those. Yeah. I landed at the High School of Performing Arts. But we had people working with us. And when I look back on those times, even in elementary school, where the singing and dancing and the plays and my art teacher, my art and music teacher are married. They live on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I am friends with them. Okay, they have seen my Broadway shows. They've seen me. I think they came to see me at Radio City as well as a Rockette. But more importantly, do you know that she sends me love offerings for our son's tuition in school and for me to make sure that I was great in this pandemic? Who does that? Saints. <laughs> and your yeah. relationship. I'm yeah. one I'm I'm really blessed with a lot of things, but I'm blessed at making great relationships. I am. It's organic. I don't think about it. It happens. You know what I mean? And when I look at the people that are on my speed dial that you and the world know, it's a testament that, well, Judy, how did that happen? Just being myself. And the projects where I grew up really sets my foundation. Yeah. When I when I see those COVID relief centers at NYCHA, I know what that's like. I know what that's like. Yeah. You know, so you know, I'm always going back. I'm always helping. I I, I love doing shows like this because it lets people know that a they're not alone. B you came from the projects. Absolutely. 433 Lafayette Avenue, still standing down the street from Jay Z. So while Jay-Z was in Marcy Projects, and he had humble beginnings as well, you know, he wasn't who he is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. He took the left road and made it back right. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, so, yes. you know, everybody, you have a chance to redeem yourself. You have a chance to get a second, third chance at it. No one's perfect. The other, the second part to that, see it, believe yeah. it, achieve it regardless of your circumstances. Can you speak on overcoming circumstances, getting to see past the what would appear to be a wall of comfort, whatever that is around you, you know, with your siblings and your friends and your parents and your geographical location, getting mm -hmm. past that, seeing past that, moving past that. Is yeah. there anything you could add on that? I just feel 
positive affirmations have helped me tremendously. Yeah. My mother, my mother uh, had a couple of books under the television set in her bedroom. And one of those books was Francis Scovel Shin. And it was Wave Your Wand was one of the, it's like three books in one. But Francis Scovel Shin was the author. And all of that was positive thinking and um, metaphysical practices of seeing it. When you, when you speak it into the universe, it will happen. And all it takes, Clay, is a one or two things kind of for you to do it and it works. And you're like, oh, oh this this how this works? Okay, let me just throw a couple other things. And then when those things work, oh man, you're like, I can do this. And don't get a Broadway show or a TV show, okay? You're like, okay, I hit the jackpot. I know exactly what I need to do. I know exactly what I need to do to make my process happen. And if you, again, if you haven't been brought up in that way to trust those instincts very young, it'll be, it is, not it'll be, it's more difficult to accept that. That's like being faithful and, and accepting faith. Yeah. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You hope for it, but you can't see it. Sometimes you can't touch it. It's not tactile, kinesthetic. We have to, you know, yeah. you have to believe. So you have to create that. You know, and if you're strong enough and if you're brave enough, you know, that takes courage. And if your family or friends don't believe in that, oh, Lord, honey, they're thinking, you you know, you out on uh, uh, Space 29 somewhere and there's nowhere to land. They're like, OK, what's going on with you? You said you're going to win the jackpot. You said you're going to be like that girl on television. You said you're going to. I said, yeah, I'm going to do that. Don't tell too many people what you're going to do. As a matter of fact, I would recommend don't tell don't tell many. Just tell yourself. Write it down. Keep a journal. Because depending on someone else's circumstances, they're not going to see it like you. They're just not. It's not bad. You know, so I was the optimist in high school. Anybody, anybody who knows me, you can go interview anybody. <laughs> they would say Judine was the optimist. It could be raining. It could be snowing. And she would say it's a great day and have the right gear on for the time. So it's interesting how that stays with me, you know. Yeah. Does it answer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just a little. I uh, I think you brought up a really great point, though. When, when you do mention your hopes and dreams to someone else, and if they do knock them down, it's only because they're reflecting what they feel. It's usually not because they don't like you. It's not because they want to shoot you down. It's because their their self-talk isn't yeah, fantastic. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to understand that everyone else, like you said at the beginning of this conversation, understanding everyone else's journey helps you with your own. It really does. That's why, I mean, that's why I think people are so interested in um, Netflix. I mean, when the pandemic ensued, I mean, we were all on Netflix oh, yeah. and documentaries you know, I don't particularly like to watch the ID channel. You know what I mean? Yep. Every now and then you clue in as to how a Ted Bundy got all those girls to do, which seems like nothing. You know what I mean? Just yep. 
being who they are, him being a charming, good looking man. You know, so in the back of my brain, when I'm talking to the young dancers that I coach, even my daughter, you know, be aware of that. Somebody's too helpful, especially a man. And now women these women these days. I mean, it's just people, you gotta be on point. You know, you really do because people's journeys have not all been fabulous. And if you've been abused as a child, you've never talked to anybody, you will abuse somebody else thinking that that's okay. And it's not. Right. And then other things ensue. So that, you know, you know, I try to be understanding in these moments of monster behavior. And on the flip side, understanding that that's what the person was taught and, and knew. Very, very um, eye-opening and thought-provoking on a big level because mental illness now has taken a lot of people out. The covid it really has big time. I went to um, 34th Street the other day and it was like the walking zombies because not a lot of people are traveling. Yeah. So you are people traveling and then you really see uh, homeless people with mental illness, like having a monologue, a monologue right there yeah. and looking just it's oh, my God, I stopped to give there was a man. And every now and then, like, I'm not one to post on Facebook what I did for people. I'm not that girl, never have been. Mm -hmm. And I know you do it when you feel it, if you can, that, you know what I mean? And sure. this gentleman was like right in front of the pizzeria, one of the only uh, uh, restaurants open in 34th Street. And he was like walking around in a circle saying hungry. And it was sort of unintelligible. And I was late for an appointment. I could not just leave him. So I went to the pizzeria. I said, could you give him two slices of pizza and a soda? I just gave him my credit card and I asked him, you know, I gestured, here you go. And then I left. You know what I mean? So yeah, people need help, you know, or I'll say a little prayer for somebody who's, you know, outside. I mean, that's how we were raised. My whole family, we're all like that. My brothers and I helping people. It's very powerful. I mean, for yourself, for the energy of the world, the whole circle of life mentality, it's all kind of <laughs> connected, believe it or not. Totally. I totally believe it. Yeah. Totally believe it. Totally. I, I love that. I love this conversation. This is, we're going, we're covering uh, so much. I, it's great. I, I want to go, I want, I don't want to make you regurgitate resumes here. I'm curious what that moment was for you when you switched from, what was that transition from education to mm -hmm. professional gigs, you know, working. And what was that, what was that self-talk? What was that moment? What was that realization, you know, on your first gig when you made that transition from education to working? Yeah. So they used to call me Judine, Judine, the audition queen. Because if they wanted a girl six feet blonde, blue eyes, I would go in and get it. Determined, prepared, ready. For me, auditioning, was like a show. Yeah. Now that I look back, and now that I'm auditioning for different projects, and I think when you have a family and children, it's a constant audition, okay? Right. Because you're juggling a lot of things. <laughs> so 
um, the transition for me, I would say was awesome because I loved it so much. So when I graduated from the high school of performing arts, I was going to go into business and I made it uh, Long Island, Long Island University. I, I was going to attend. Okay. But this amazing wonder woman by the name of Denise Jefferson, who was the head, the director of the Ailey school said, Eugene, why don't you take a year off to see if dancing is what you really want? Because dancing 24 seven, you know, so to speak, and not being in school is totally different. I mean, we're going for jobs here. So right. thank God I heeded her advice. Um, and ever since that day, I've been in a constant state of working. And even when I wasn't working on a contract, Judine was always working mentally. So when people stop you on the street sometimes go, so what are you doing? Yeah. Which is the question, by the way, if you're listening to this, never ask somebody what are they doing. Instead, ask, how are you doing? Because performers especially get very subconscious and they feel like it's something wrong if they don't have a job, if they are just taking class and it makes people feel really bad. Okay, so please heed that. How are you doing? How's life? it will take care of everything else. And then it will come out organically what you're doing. You may be able to hire the person who knows. I mean, I think like that. So yeah, yeah. transition for me was, you know, I don't even know if you want to call it a transition because <laughs> the auditioning for me was, was just, okay. You get the call from your agent or I was a backstage girl, honey, for many years, yeah. honey. I, I was like, okay, Thursday, 9am at the newsstand paying $3. Okay, great. We're going to go here and circling. I need my shoes. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be my, my leotard in here. And for, I want to say it was my first Broadway show. I went in and I got cut. I went back, changed my hair, changed my leotard and booked my first Broadway show. Okay, so I'm here to tell people, I don't care what they tell you. Well, they're not hiring this this person. They're not hiring this uh, color hair. They're not hiring this. No, 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 no. You set the tone. You have the ability to go in that room for however many sex seconds and kill it, yeah. no matter what the director said to the other girl coming out. I'm a believer for that for now. When I hear people say, there's no work, they're not there. I said, that's a lie, honey. That's a lie. There is work. Yeah. You've got to create it. So now if you are a hustler like I am, in the best sense of the word, if you were doing and teaching before your, before your matinee for years and weeks, when it comes to this situation that we've been in with COVID, hopefully you have a couple of people on your roster that have hired you, yes, and then they're going to call you for these Zoom universe classes where you're on. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Which I've been fortunate to be blessed to have had that. I mean, I don't know anything else but hustle. I really don't. And for me, I want to say to people that are, you know, feeling a little bit of stuck, uh, feeling a little stuck in the creative process. My mother used to also say to me, be still and know. If you have to take a look at your resume again, take a look at it. If you have to take a look at your bio again, look at it because you've done it. 
There's just some circumstances here that need to even themselves out. And you again will be on your way. Stay positive and surround yourself with great people. So that transition from education to work was like, yes, you know, like yeah. this is going to be great. This is awesome. That's how I approached every job. And it's worked for me. My mother used to also say, attitude determines altitude. That's the tagline of one of my many, many uh, business venture, ventures that I am involved. So, yeah, I it's simple, but it's, it's not. You got to, you know, surround yourself with like-minded people. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.